today some of our best segments from the global lane. It's the biggest ground war in Europe since World War II. Russia continues to pummel Ukraine and is expected to face strong resistance as Putin's war effort continues. So how are the Ukrainians holding up? Who are they looking to far beyond the Western powers for help? Well, here with us from uh, Ukraine is CBN Ukraine director Kostyantin Livtivyanenko. Kostya, I, I know you're probably under a lot of duress, facing a lot of hardship, but please share with us the latest. How are Ukrainians holding up under this Russian onslaught? Oh, hi, Gary. Oh, thank you for this opportunity to share. Uh, well, Ukrainians are surprising one another with... Uh, with unity, with uh, with such a level of readiness to help, to unite and stand and stand and push back the enemy. You know, as previously, our president Vladimir Zelensky, that is just you know, is he's he's our real Iron Man. You know, he's sitting downtown Kiev, you know, and not not stepping back and keeping he keeps coordinating. Uh, war and resistance in in our country. So, and as he said before, when he became a president, he said, "Every one of you is the president." And today, he says, "Every one of you is a soldier." How have you seen God intervene on behalf of the Ukrainian people? What do you know? What can you share? Well, I I can share that one uh, uh, one brother share, shared shared uh, an audio from uh, from a brother from the church. So he says that his son. Uh, he's a part of the military, and uh, he was saying that uh, that they were like dark in the dark night. They were they were holding their positions, and they've discovered that uh, that a lot of uh, Russian Federation tanks and uh, and machines coming at them, and they they might struggle defending themselves. And uh, he he picks up his phone and he calls his father. He says, "Dad." You have to pray right now. We're in a situation. So if his father, uh, he rings to other members of the church. They start praying. And then later, son gives a phone call and he says, there's some miracle happened. It looked like some spaceship. Like There was like an attack from the spaceship. There was some kind of a lightning was starting shooting from the sky. And, and like sparks were going were like spreading everywhere, and then they, on the morning, they discovered that the whole the whole machinery was destroyed. So, they like all of those soldiers. They they thought maybe it was done by some kind of a weapon that we didn't know about, or it was just God's intervention. Wow. So, and the, there was another occasion that we just got from from our friend that we know person in person. We were praying that they would start resisting each other that enemy would resist the enemy because we know in uh, there were several biblical occasions like this you know that when god was doing this and another another part of the russian army they they occupied one little town and they they've removed flags from the from the town's uh, government buildings they they uh, attached those flags to their tanks and they started to ride and Eventually, at the at the dark in the evening, they met the first group of the tanks, and so they they thought they are enemies to each other, and they started shooting into each other. Finally, then I, I just want to know how should we pray for you, your family, other CBN workers there, and the people of Ukraine? What should we pray? 
Well, please, please pray that we would that we could hear God in this time. You know that we would that we would be able to have the most deficit thing in the world, like in in our country now. It's the peace in our hearts that that our God, who is the Prince of Peace, would grant the peace, peace in our hearts, and that in this condition of the peace, we could just see the ways how how we can build the kingdom in the times of war that we could be that we could be the light and the warmth and the love and the and the hand of the of god to other people who in need pray that we would be active members of christ, of body of christ in this time you know that we would not just sit and be afraid and and full of fear for our lives you know that we would be productive in building the kingdom well, we're also praying for the protection of you, your family, our CBN family, all of Ukraine, peace there, and that God's Spirit will be poured out on Ukraine. So, thank Ukraine you, Director for CBN, Kostyantin Livtivyanenko, thank you for taking the time to be with us. May God be with you. Yeah, thank you very God bless. On the home front, a scathing indictment of the Federal Bureau of Investigation from House Republicans. Last week, GOP members of the House Judiciary Committee released a 1,000-page report listing abuses of power at the FBI, which they believe undermines the fundamental mission of the Bureau. Well, here to share his thoughts is former U.S. Special Agent Eric Karen. Mr. Karen spent months investigating obstruction of justice at the CIA. So, Eric, it's good to talk to you again. Okay, based on this Judiciary Committee report, in your opinion, just how politicized, weaponized has the FBI become? Well, Gary, thanks for having me. Well, you know, I think I said it on your last show I, I appeared on, the FBI needs a colonoscopy. Um, but unfortunately, the cancer spread and this patient can't be saved. I believe the FBI needs to be abolished. And I think we will see that. Uh, under a new Congress, there will be a push to abolish the FBI and divvy up their responsibilities with the other six or so uh, federal agencies. Um, the Department, of course, of Injustice under the Biden administration has trampled on our First Amendment, the cornerstone, the cornerstone of America. It's it's shocking and it should shock everybody. I call the Democratic Party now the the Communist Democrat Party under Joe Biden. The First Amendment, Gary, as you know, is the cornerstone of America. And um, we're supposed to be able to express ourselves freely without government, government censorship. And that's happening in America. That happens in third world countries. It shouldn't happen here in America. And it has happened. The Supreme Court, Gary, as you know, has talked about the, the content neutrality. It leans on content neutrality. It's basically saying the government can't restrict speech just because you feel uncomfortable or you think it's offensive. The government cannot do that. And under Joe Biden, that's been happening over the last two years. Yeah, of course, we've, we've been seeing that. We've been seeing that, haven't we, at uh, school board meetings, also outside Planned Parenthood and so forth. FBI whistleblowers, Eric, uh, provided the committee with details alleging there's a systemic culture of unaccountability of the FBI. The bureau is, quote, full of rampant corruption, manipulation and abuse, and they blame the leadership rather than the agents in the field. And 
The Republicans uh, at the House Judiciary Committee uh, say the FBI leadership is rotted at its core. So do you agree or disagree? And what are your thoughts of Trump appointed director Chris Wray? Well, Chris Wray needs to go. Um, he needs to be fired. Um, like I said, the FBI needs to be abolished. I've been saying this for the last few months, actually. This is not new for me. Um, you know, again, let's look at the history. The FBI spied on a presidential candidate. The FBI spied on our president by using, by lying to the court. And they knew the lies were in those affidavits. And they still got the affidavit to spy on our president. That's un-American. And as has as been reported, you know, there, there's, a, there's a whole department, if you will, agency spying on us under the Department of Homeland Security. They're in partnership with big tech today, spying on Americans, partnering with big tech to censor our free speech. It's been going on for years. It has to stop. It has to stop. And how do we know that? We know that by the, the, the Hunter Biden scandal, that they, they, they kept quiet. They partnered with Facebook and others to keep quiet before the election. We know that with COVID-19. COVID-19, we can't talk about and have a disagreement relating to the vaccines because that's, that's going to get censored. That's unbelievable to me. Well, do you um, think that's going to change under Elon Musk at Twitter? Uh, and maybe we need, he's laid off a lot of people there. Maybe that's what we need at the FBI as well. Yeah, we sure do. I, like I said, the FBI needs to say, get fired. They need to get fired, go away. Uh, the Department of Injustice, um, they need an overseer. Uh, Congress needs to appoint somebody to oversee all their actions. Um, We've seen what the Department of Justice has been turned into the into the last two years. Well, let, let me let me ask you about this because uh, you know many people will defend Chris Ray and say, "Look, he's just doing what uh, he's been ordered to do by the Attorney General." Well, you know what, you're you're right to some extent, but Chris Ray needs to grow a backbone and, and resign if he believes that laws and our and our our um, our rights are being trampled on. He, he doesn't have to stick around for this. He, he's part of the conspiracy to infringe on our rights. So Chris Ray should do the right thing if he believes that there's violations of, of law and, and, and by the Department of Injustice in the White House, he should just resign and step away and in protest. Um, I don't think we'll see that. Congress will impeach Joe Biden uh, under a new Republican leadership, Joe Biden will be impeached for high crimes and misdemeanor, for sure. Okay, well, we'll see what happens. Former U.S. Special Agent Eric Karen, thanks, Eric, for sharing your insights. We appreciate it. Wake-up call to the American church. The Nazis took power in Germany and went on to kill 6 million Jews. Did something like that eventually happen right here in the United States? Well, our next guest is urging fellow Christians to repent of their silence in the face of evil before it's too late. Eric Metaxas is a journalist, author, and host of the Eric Metaxas Radio Show. His new book is Letter to the American Church. He joins us now to set us straight. Eric, always good to talk with you, and I've read your book. It's wonderful, by the way. I recommend it. It seems, though, more like a thesis 
perhaps a bit like Martin Luther's 95 Theses or writings by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and you spend a significant amount of time discussing Bonhoeffer, detailing what happened in Germany during the 1930s. So explain the similarity, the parallels that you see happening today right here in the United States. Well, I'll simply say this. It is the silence of the American church on a host of issues today that many people say, oh, that's not a gospel-related issue. I don't want to be divisive. I want to be political. It is that silence which directly parallels the silence of German Christians in the early 30s. And it led to the satanic evil of the Nazi takeover of that culture where they crushed the church, they silenced the church, but it's because the church allowed them to do it by being silent. And there were many voices at that time uh, giving theological reasons why we should not speak out on these issues. We're not supposed to be political, they said. It's nonsense. It is not biblical. And at a time like this, it's the voice of the devil. But the point is, Christian leaders who are uh, being used by these evil forces, they have no idea what lies ahead. So it's easy for us to look back at the Germans and say, wow, they got it wrong. They should have spoken up. Bonhoeffer was right. I'm with them. But we're doing the same thing in the American church today. And there are voices, leaders in the church today that are being silent. In fact, most leaders in the American church are being silent because some leaders in the American church are actually advocating silence in the face of evil. They know not what they do. I want to give them grace. And I wrote the book to try to reach those people and to say to them, please understand that by not speaking up against everything that you see, by being afraid to be political, you have been silenced. The enemy uh, is using theology to confuse us and to say, well, uh, we, uh, we're not supposed to talk about that kind of stuff. Romans 13, the same thing happened in Germany. The church was silent. Bonhoeffer and others knew this was not biblical. This was not what God was calling them to do. But the church hesitated enough and kept silent enough for long enough for the Nazis to utterly take over and really do things so evil that we look back, we think, well, that can never happen again. And what I'm saying in this book is that we already see it happening, tremendous devastation in this nation on innumerable issues, and the church is silent. And you write that Bonhoeffer addressed the question of leadership. He talked about servant leadership, Jesus taking on the role of the lowly slave when he washed the feet of his disciples. And you say Bonhoeffer was suggesting that a leader is not leading as God would lead when he or she idolizes self. They become misleaders. Do you see that happening today in America? How is that being played out in the church and in politics? 20 years ago, if somebody said, well, don't be political uh, because we have different kinds of people in our congregation, you know, and you, but you'd say today, the world has changed. Today, uh, the left in America is advocating for cultural Marxism, which is atheism. It's based, it's atheistic. So when people are talking about a critical race theory, when they're talking about the transgender madness, all of these things 
are new. And if the church was silent 20 years ago, well, that was one thing. But to say today that, well, I don't want to be political, how can you not be political? William Wilberforce, about whom I've written and I mentioned in the book along with Bonhoeffer, he was dealing with the slavery issue and the slave trade. He knew it was satanic and he was political in saying, we've got to do what we can because we're Christians. And when people say, but you're being political, he would say, no, I'm simply doing what God commands me to do, to be a voice for the voiceless. The African slaves don't have a voice. If I don't speak, God will judge me. If I don't speak for the unborn today, God will judge me. Eric, what specifically then do Christians need to do? Do we need to attend school board meetings, run for office? I mean, beyond just speaking up, what should we do? Well, we need to do everything. In other words, I think that if, if when we talk about the church, we're talking about multiplied millions of Americans uh, who each has a different calling. So we just have to ask God, Lord, what would you have me to do? But do something. We had pulpits uh, on fire uh, before the revolution advocating against tyranny. They weren't afraid to be political uh, before uh, the civil war in this country. We had pulpits preaching against the evils of slavery. And people said to them, you're being political. Shut up, shut up. We must not shut up. We must speak. Time is very, very short. Okay, speaking up for truth, faith in action, living out our faith. The book is Letter to the American Church. Eric Metaxas, thank you for setting us straight today. We appreciate it, Eric. Good book. God bless you. Thank you. Is America descending into a dark period of political oppression? Two Iranian underground church leaders are issuing an urgent warning over a parallel they see between what has happened in their country and what is occurring right now in the United States and the West. Here's a portion of their message produced by Global Catalytic Ministries after President Biden's anti-MAGA Republican speech. <laughs> و همونطوری که شما از رئیس جمهورتون شنیدید ما هم از دولتمون شنیدیم که گفتن که کلیساهای زیرزمینی بزرگترین تهدید هستن و دشمنشون هستن اما واقعیت اینه که ما همه یک خانواده هستیم و از قانون کشورمون حمایت میکنیم و اون رو رعایت میکنیم ولی همه رو بوشتر توی کشورتون هست اون میاد که دولت خودتون میگه که شهروندای معمولی برای ما تهدید هستند دوست عزیزم به ما گوش کن آخرین فصل امتحان به زودی داره میاد Like the Ayatollah in Iran the Biden administration has weaponized the federal police for partisan gain Our president is using the Department of Justice and the FBI to arrest and harass his political opponents He's co-opted them to raid the home of a former president a potential opposition candidate in the 2024 presidential election. Let that one sink in, folks. Whether you like or dislike Donald Trump, was that raid against a former president of the United States necessary for political theater? It's really third world or a Gestapo-like thuggery. Now, the ruling party is targeting pro-life Christians. The most recent incident occurred in Pennsylvania, where the FBI arrested pro-life activist Mark Houck. He's co-founder of a conservative Catholic group called the King's Men. At least 20 FBI agents stormed his home at dawn on September 23rd in SWAT-team-like fashion. Several of the heavily armed agents reportedly pointed their guns at Houck's head as his traumatized wife and seven children looked on. His crime? He allegedly pushed a 72-year-old man, 
outside a Philadelphia abortion clinic in September 2021. Not last week, but one year ago. Charges against Hauk were dismissed back then, so why now? Hmm. Could it be that we have a midterm election coming up? in less than six weeks, and the party in power needs to create an imaginary security crisis at abortion clinics in order to increase pro-abortionist voter participation at the polls? Well, the DOJ has charged Hauk with violating the federal Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act. But Hauk's attorneys from the Thomas More Society argue the law does not cover one-on-one -on -one altercations like the one involving Hauk. They contend the abortion proponent initiated the incident by harassing Hauk's son. They also say Hauk received no response three months ago when he offered to turn himself in to authorities. Well, Thomas More Society Vice President Peter Breen believes the case is, quote, being brought solely to intimidate people of faith and pro-life Americans. Folks, this is a travesty, as is the DOJ's failure to bring to justice those responsible for scores of attacks on pro-life crisis pregnancy centers. That's the greater threat to innocent Americans. Compass Care Services CEO Pastor Joe Harden says he's still waiting for someone to be arrested more than 100 days after he provided police with surveillance video of the attack against his company's Amherst Center. Pro-abortion radicals have attacked nearly 100 pro-life centers and churches since early last summer. Still, there's been no arrests, no words of condemnation from the Biden administration. If pro-life militants had firebombed or vandalized abortion clinics, media coverage would have been nonstop, and those responsible would be sitting behind bars. Folks, this is a double standard of justice and an affront against pro-life Christians. It's time for the silent majority to speak up and stand up. The course can be reversed, but we must participate in this fall's election and get on our knees and pray that God will deliver us from the evil one who's seeking to destroy us and our nation. So let's not forget that warning of those Iranian underground church leaders. And let's remember the words of a popular adage from more than 150 years ago. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Well, that's it today from the Global Lane. Be sure to follow us on the CBN News and NRB channels, social media, and our broadcast affiliates. And until next time, be blessed.